My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence on Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we're speaking to Madison Linz. She's known as Sophia in the AMC post-apocalyptic television drama series, The Walking Dead, and more recently as Madeline Maddie Bosch in Prime Video series Bosch, as well as its revival that was on Amazon's freebie called Bosch Legacy. So to talk about her career, what she remembers from The Walking Dead, and of course, the latest on Bosch Legacy, here is Madison Lentz. Okay, so I'm so excited because I have the Madison Lutz on here who I have loved for a very long time who also makes me feel ancient at the same time. So it's like, (laughs) but I've loved you forever. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. It's rare that I get to do podcasts, but I've been really into podcasts recently. Oh, really? To to throw my hat in the ring of the podcast universe. I'm so excited to have you on. And I'll be honest with anyone that's listening or watching us, we were talking beforehand and I could just tell you that I want her to be my best friend for life. And I was like, I can't record because if I do not. I know, I know. I was like, this is talking. honestly good podcast material. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely we're talking about how we now. have similar upbringings. Yes, very similar. Well, this is, a, so that's a good way to start. So basically- mm-hmm. You know, I I was saying how for people that are listening, I don't talk too much about myself because nobody cares about me. They care about you guys, the guests. But I started when I was 12 and we share a similarity in the fact that you were on one of the largest shows in the planet, The Walking Dead, and you started as Sophia mm-hmm. and you were a baby. You were a little baby. You were a kid. So let's start i know you did um a small thing before that i did my research so i know that you mm-hmm. were in an episode of a show before the walking dead but let's start with the walking dead because that was a huge like life-altering show and mm-hmm. not only do like i'm really gonna freak you out here because i remember everything with with things that i watch so not only were you fantastic as a kid on that show but i do know that you came back on the talking dead like years later and which was super cool so i want to start off with how did this happen so how did the walking dead come to you what age were you because this was 2010 or something like that yeah and what was how did this all happen how did the magic happen and how did you become sophia well i had done some commercial work so i started when i was six so i did like commercials primarily um and then i did one small Thing before Walking Dead, but technically, The Walking Dead was my first TV show. Mm-hmm. Knew what it was, to be honest. Nobody knew that it was going to be what it ended up being. Um, the only thing I knew was it was a popular comic book series, and I wasn't even into comic books, so I didn't really understand like the the gravity of that. Um, but I just auditioned. We had um, a taping room in my childhood home called the Magic Taping Room. Um, we actually recently just moved out of that house, so I had to say goodbye to the Magic Taping Room um last month which was very bad i booked every role that i've ever been on in that show um i'm in that room i'm pretty sure almost every role that i've ever worked on has been booked because of the magic taping room uh did um, you have a moment like where oh, you had, oh like, i had a couple moments Aww. i grew up I, I i lived in that house from when i was three until i was 18 Aww. so that, that that was very sad um 
Okay, um, we won't talk about the magic room. We won't talk about it. We won't get you emotional. We won't get you emotional. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll skip that. Moving on from that. Moving on from that. Um, so, um, I I literally just did one tape. It wasn't even that intense of a audition process, and I sent it in. And um, before I sent, but when I did the tape, I went out in my front yard and I like put dirt on my face and stuff. It was fun, you know. It was a small scene. Um, and then my dad told me that I, that I booked it and it was just sort of like, okay, like a zombie show. Like, I guess there's going to be like, like people wearing, like having zombie makeup. Like, I guess that's going to be a thing. And, um, we just really had no, I had no idea what, what I was getting into. And, and, you know, the experience was so incredible and so fun. And once the first season came out, then we had kind of a better idea of, you know, what this show was going to be and, and, you know. I remember watching the first episode and being like so wowed by it, even at 11, I guess is how old I was at the time, you know, so cinematic and beautiful. So I was just so proud and excited to be a part of something like that. Um, well, it's so, it's so crazy because I remember when they gave us screeners for season one and mm-hmm. it was only six episodes. And I like, I don't know if like you'll remember this, but like it was six episodes and that was quote season one. And mm-hmm. So that's what they gave us and I was like wow are they testing like I I don't I'm not sure what the sixth episode was I never really asked all these years now that I'm thinking about it and all the interviews of everyone on that show I've never asked um the reasoning behind that if it was to test it to see how people would react to it but no. I watched episodes and I was like sold on that show mm-hmm. I mean instantly sold on like the whole premise of it uh-huh. I've, yeah, I've, I don't know I think they used to do that, that especially in 2010 like six episodes was not a thing yeah it wasn't a thing at all not a, yeah like a I, I don't know network I no idea what the reason was but it felt like six episodes was perfect you know oh yeah for sure for it was the first season. Perfect season but so if you're 11 years old and you get and you get this role are you like comprehending like what you're doing or like yeah like so how does this work so is your mom just going okay you have to memorize these lines and you're just saying them over and over again or like how does this process work because I'm assuming you're you have no idea like what a storyline is and an arc and an a no. camera b camera and I have no idea what's going on. yeah no so problem. so how does this work so how do you show up and act like are they like moving you are they like moving you onto your spot or like are they and like second unit the thing is my mom my mom is an actress that's how I got into the industry okay. my mom's now but she like had taught us a lot of stuff so I feel like I sort of had a leg up um like I knew what a mark was we did like mark practice sort of thing like you got to make sure you hit your mark sort of thing um and you know you just sort of go on set and you don't understand what's going on but you do know that you like to act so you just they're like you call action you say your lines and what was to me then you know I, I just liked what I was doing and I got to pretend that I was in a zombie apocalypse and um you know I got a bunch of really fun cool actors that had no idea how prestigious they were also <laughs> at the time I was like my my buddies and I are like just doing a show and we're having so much fun and like that's just sort of all it was to me not that that wasn't a lot like to me it was everything but it really was so simplistic and what it meant to me it was just like this is the fun thing that I do in the summer like I get to go and that you know they've got free snacks there (laughs) and sometimes I don't know where the bathroom is because we're on location so I have to ask you know just whoever passes by 
And that's another thing, funny thing that I remember is like on set, there's PAs, you know, and, and they're the people that you ask for information, like, where's crafty? Where's the bathroom? Hey, I need this. Like, can you help me? And so I would ask my mom, I'd be like, like, Hey, I like, I really need to go to the bathroom. I'm like, do you, do you know where crafty is? Like, I, I'm kind of hungry. Like, wh- what do we do? Like, where are the chairs? Like, where should I go wait? And she'd always be like, Oh, well, you got to go ask a PA that go ask a PA. Go find a nice PA and ask them. And I'm like, what the hell's a PA? <laughs> I'm like, how do you know who anybody is on set? So I yeah, would just go there. Usually, and be like, what's the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, look for the crazy person wearing a lot of like, my, like yeah. little speakers and like radio yeah. things, and those look would be the most stressed out person on set. Yeah. <laughs> the poor person that's running around like how solving all the problems. That that's I know. Yeah, I, I just had no concept of that. So I'm, I'm sure I've gone up to like the showrunner or like one of the producers and I'm like where's the bathroom like just so not the person to ask but I just had no idea what was happening so that's just sort of what was going on but like looking back on it and you know and I mentioned this before you came back on the on the walking uh, well I should say on the talking dead you came Uh years later which was first of all I was I think I had seen you in other stuff so I had seen you in like Mm -hmm. other shows which we'll talk about but I know for Mm -hmm. a lot of people they were like shocked to see you because you had looked so different you were so much older so um what was it like reflecting on it because I know that they asked you questions of like you know what do you remember what's some memories so when you look back on that time which you know of those eight episodes of like simplistic I'm just doing what I'm told kind of thing I'm hanging out with these really cool people what's like some of the memories that you have from that and what was it like revisiting that like a decade later when you came back on for the talking dead well it's kind of tough and the reason that I came I went on the talking dead is because my brother was on the show both of them actually um so that's how I got on the talking dead he was originally Matthew was just the one the only one supposed to be on but then they heard that I was also in town so they were like does she want to come on for a segment so I was super excited about that that was my first talk show I blacked out the whole time because it was so nerve-wracking <laughs> I mean it was really fun and cool but it was also like terrifying but it's interesting I had to really almost sort of prepare because I hadn't talked about it in so long I was on Bosch at that point so that was just sort of what I was doing I'm still on Bosch but at that point Bosch was you know um the main focus of my life as it is still today and so I had to really prepare for the 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 show because I was like I have forgotten in a lot of ways like how much do you remember when you were 11 and 12 like you obviously remember it but it's sort of like I forgot that I did that I forgot that that happened and so so many people will ask me and they'll say like what are some of your favorite memories on set and I'm like oh, shoot <laughs> like I don't really I don't remember 11 I, <laughs> I was 11 like I just remember like running around like there was no like do you remember meeting everybody like well because I have something funny when before I was talking to you I was researching into my like old school walking dead stuff right because I've been covering the show since all the way through beginning to end and I found an interview with Norman, which is an amazing interview. I want to like oh, re-release yeah. it because like, so yeah. anyone listening to this podcast, this is the first time you're hearing about it. I might re-release it because it's not on the podcast because it was, it was years ago. Oh, wow. And I think it was, a, it was the end of season one, beginning of season two, or like 
I think we're at the beginning of season two or mid season two. I don't remember. And he was talking about how nervous he was because he wasn't like in the comic. So he's like, I have no idea how long I'm going to be on this show. And like, it's just such a funny interview to listen to because like, we just really didn't, like you're saying, we really didn't know. Like we had no idea what was going to happen. Season one, I think had just aired or like was airing and you know, like press, we always get things early. So he was just, so it's just really funny to hear him talk about it and just really just not know. Like, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm going to be on the rest of the season, let alone, you know, 50 years later or whatever. Well, like, that's what sort of became the trend, so. even when the show was like so insanely popular. Like if you're on the show and that's one of the things I told Matthew, my brother and Maxon, mm-hmm. um, I was like, you do not take a single episode for granted because you will probably die at some point on this show. Yeah. You're not going to be on this show forever. That's just not how the show, it's called the walking dead. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like enjoy so, every, every minute of it. But do you remember, yeah, enjoy every minute. Do you remember meeting them or like, do you remember your death scene? Like, what is like the thing that like sticks out to you the most other than like, I don't remember meeting services. them. I, I, I don't <laughs> remember fun. But I remember my first day on set for sure. I, I remember a lot of it, but mm-hmm. it's definitely, it feels like a, a, 12 year old memory like it's been 12 years since it happened so it's sort of like yeah I remember this but there's always times where I somebody will ask me a question and I'll be like you're I forgot about this I remember this happened um so I remember loving you know working with all of them like Norman and Steven and Sarah Wayne Callies and Lori Holden and Emma Bell I actually recently saw Lori Holden and Emma Bell um at a convention that I went to a couple of weeks ago. Like I remember being so like, and Melissa, of course, we actually knew Melissa. Um, she used to be a casting director um, in Atlanta. So I knew her. Um, I had been in her casting office many times. So I was like, at least I know somebody here. Um, Cause it was my first TV show. So I was definitely, I definitely remember being nervous. I feel like, like just excited and happy to be there. You know, it's a group of people. And I, of course, I was young, so I had no idea, like, the caliber of actors that I was working with. But I remember still admiring them so greatly and, and feeling so honored to be able to just be in their presence mm-hmm. and doing what I wanted to do when I grew up. Yeah. So that's, that's like, the strongest memory is being able to watch them and, you know, have scenes with them and maybe have a line or two with them and be like, mm-hmm. like I love, you know, that I get to have this scene and, like, you know, they're so talented and I want to be that way and... Uh, and I remember hanging out with Chandler a lot too, honestly. Those are my two main memories is Chandler and I would just like play cards because, you know, they call you to set and they say, oh, we'll need, we'll need you at the end of the day. And then sometimes they don't need you. So you just sit around for nine hours, you know? So most of my memories was just kind of hanging, hanging out, waiting, um, playing cards, you know, running around set, going to crafty. So I do have a ton of memories, but a lot of it's starting to, not fade a little bit but like you know what I mean you're just sort of like there's just yeah well, like you're, a- you're getting older so like I'm yeah getting older it was a so long you, time you remember though. it but it's like you were a kid so it was like freedom you had fun you got to run around you got to yeah. play you got to do what you wanted to do and yeah. you just happened to be on one of the largest shows in the world so it's like <laughs> you know, it's like who would have thought but yeah and I I didn't know that um I knew that Melissa had done casting, but I didn't know that you knew her ahead of time. So that's yeah. really cool for someone to play, like, you know, someone so close to you on a show and that, and you knew her. So that must've been like, at least, at least for like, maybe your parents, like somewhat comforting to know no, that. No, it was comforting to me too. I knew, I knew her well. 
My mom, I remember my mom saying, do you know who Melissa is? We go see her. When I would go to do auditions, we would just go see Melissa. And I had also no idea of the concept of like casting or what an audition is. I would just go do them sometimes. Go see my friend Melissa, the casting director. I had no idea that that was like, I don't know. I, you know what I mean. But she was like, yeah. we're going to go see Melissa. Melissa's playing your mom on the show. And I was like, love Melissa. This is great. I know. That's so crazy. Like, what a small world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I lived in Atlanta. So, you know, I was auditioning in that market for years before I did, before I, you know, landed right. the show. Yeah, but still, like, the, the odds that, like, someone that you knew really well as a casting director would end up get, yeah. really switching from casting to acting, but then also play your mom on your first show is just yeah. crazy. Well, what's crazy is Lori Holden was in a movie that my mom was in, a Stephen King film called The Mist. So was Jeffrey DeMunn yes. and a couple of other people on set, I want to say. So it was, like, a reunion for them, too, which was very interesting. Very small world. By the way, The Mist, great film. FYI. I know. I've only <laughs> seen the first movie. part of it and the last part of it. Because those <laughs> are the parts of my mom, Jen. <laughs> That's a true good daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, when that I, movie came out, we begged her to let us watch it. Um, and so we just wanted her to see it so bad because we wanted to see her in a movie and it was in theaters. Mm -hmm. And so my dad took us. And I don't know how the hell he got us in because it was rated R. Um, and we were like 12. No, I was younger. I was probably like 8. And Matthew was six. And so we went into the theaters to watch it. And it was just so many horror um, credits before the the film. So it was horrible. And oh, he had to yeah, take yeah. us out of the film because we were so terrified out of the theater. And then we had to wait until the movie started. And then we had to run back in, watch her scenes, and then leave. Because we weren't allowed to see the full movie. Because obviously it was like a horrifying, it's a horrifying film. Yeah, and it's a horrifying, like, thought that, like, this mist would take over and kill you. Like, you were Yeah, and they're yeah, all yeah. in the supermarket or wherever they're yeah. stuck. Yeah, yeah, horrible. it's horrible. And then the end of the movie. We about that the trailers, though. Like, to be like, yeah. Yeah. out. <laughs> we're like, what's going on? Like, we're, and we're so used to seeing, like, Toy Story and, like, like stuff like that for, like, the credits at the beginning of a movie. Because all that's all we would go see. And then, like, a year or two later, we begged my mom to let us watch the end of the movie because we knew she had a scene at the end of the movie where she's strung, strung up in webs um, and it's dead. Mm -hmm. Begged her and we begged her and we begged her. And I just wanted to see it for like my own, you know, acting resources purposes. I don't know why that's what I wanted. I was a little apprehensive because I didn't want to see her like that, but I was like, I need to see this for the craft, you see. And I was also interested, like curious, like morbidly curious. And my, my brother was the one who was like, no, I want to see it. I want to see you. It's going to be so cool. Like, I want to watch it. And so my mom was like, okay, fine. Fine. Please stop begging. I will let you watch it. But you have to promise. You have to promise. You will not cry or be upset. And I was like, okay. Like, okay. I think I can do this. Okay. I'll be okay. And Matthew was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see it. I'll, it's fine. Obviously, mom. I'm not going to cry. And so she shows us it, and I'm like, whoa, that's, that was so cool. And all of a sudden, I look over at Matthew, and he just bursts into tears. <laughs> and he runs upstairs to his room, like, crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, such a Mom will never do that again. <laughs> I know. She was literally like, oh, my God. Oh, that's Instant so cute. Regret. You guys are, like, it's so interesting to me, you know, when a family 
are, are full of actors. Like, so how, how does this happen? I've spoken to a couple of families that are like this, like the, the Olsons, there's like a million of them or like, yeah. you know, there's so many that like have multiple, like, um, you know, Dakota Fanning and then her sister mm-hmm. and, and you start like hearing stories and I'm like, how does this happen? So you're both of your parents are actors or is just your mom an actor? Just my mom. My dad is not an actor by any means. Okay. So your mom, so your mom's an actor. And Um, then how did all of you end up getting into it? Like you and your brothers. So I think my mom had to take my brother and I, Matthew and I were two years apart. So he was four and I was six. Um, She had to take us on set one day. She was doing a commercial and there was other kids on set. And so I think we were both like, wait, I didn't know if you you could do this. Like, I didn't know kids got to do this. We have to do it. And so that's sort of how it started. I remember asking my mom. I remember being like, I want to do this. I want to be an actress. Like, how do I how do I do it? And so the rule sort of became when we were kids, my mom would be like, okay, you can do this. But if I pay to get you guys headshots, you got to commit for at least two years. And then at the end of the two years, we can revisit and see if you want to keep doing it, if you like it. And if you want to recommit, we'll, we'll pay. Because you have to get headshots every two years when you're a kid because you grow so fast. Mm-hmm. To pay for more headshots, and you've got to commit for another two years. And so that was just sort of the agreement that we had. And so it started out just Matthew and I. And my sister wanted nothing to do with it until she was about 13 or 14. Um, and then she took her stab at it and, and loved musical theater and um, stuff like that and, and also had a pretty good film and television run um, until she was about 18. And it just ended up, she moved out to L.A. and it just was not for her anymore. She really didn't enjoy her time out here. Um, and so she moved home and went to law school. And she's actually studying for the bar right now. So um that was sort of the path that she took. And then Maxon was sort of my, our youngest brother, Maxon, he was just sort of born into it. Like we were just sort of like, this is what we do. And we got to do it too. <laughs> and so he did it until he was about maybe 12 or 13. And it just ended up not being for him also. Um, and now he's going to college um, with an athletic scholarship in golf. So that's sort of his, his niche, his vibe. It's like the most talented family ever. So, so that, leaves, so that leaves two of you. So you and your brother yeah, and your mom. We're both still doing it. And, your, and, mom, and, yeah. and your mom. Well, my mom is still doing it, but she's kind of picky about what she auditions for now. She's not so into it. She's been writing and she actually just finished her first screenplay. Which is very exciting. She went to writing school at the beginning of, or she started last fall. And so she did a year course um, and finished her first ever screenplay, which is really, really um really incredible an incredible film based on a true story um i don't i don't know how much i'm allowed to say about it so that's all i'm gonna yeah, say we but... in trouble <laughs> yeah i know but, I but that's awesome me, like, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's all i'll say cool. so so the two of you are so basically she got a 50 50 so two of you stayed in two left <laughs> and did amazing things so, i mean that's amazing studying for the bar and then uh athletic scholarship for golf and yeah. then, um, and your mom is getting to choose her own stuff and what she wants to do, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Before we jump back to you, though, I'm kind of curious. Do you have a favorite film that your mom did? Is there one that you were like, oh, I really liked this or yeah. a project? Oh. oh, yeah. She did this film years ago called Kermit Swamp Years. She got mm-hmm. to work with Kermit Frog. <laughs> Need I say more? 
you're like done mic drop <laughs> so that's your all work with literally kermit the frog yeah that's done. awesome the best one how could you top that i mean it's it's pretty much hard i almost impossible uh, to top i mean the best it's like you don't know what to say the best yes yeah. you should just throw the towel in at that point you'll never top kermit <laughs> kermit swamp here and when she did that, I think it was like the original Kermit, wasn't it? Like at the time, like it was the original OG, I think when she did that one. So, so. It, was, it was Kermit for sure. Yeah. And, so, and like, what's really so funny cool. about that is there was other puppets in it and the puppets would have to stand in while the cameramen lined up the shots and the puppeteers would like make their, still have their puppets like active and would like make them like, yawn sometimes and stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, cute. so cool. That's so cute yeah well yeah that's so cool so it's very interesting so you had very interesting kind of like growing up experience and your mom's done a ton of stuff and now look at you so we circle back to the walking dead fame and then you obviously you get killed which mm-hmm. happened to you and then I, i'm talking to your brother i think at some point soon and um unfortunately happened to your brother um i will say i don't know who's who do you think's death by the way I couldn't decide was more horrific off Walking Dead, yours or your brother's? Because I feel like they were pretty bad. I was leaning a little towards your brother, I'm not going to lie, because I feel like his was a little more... Yeah, because it's like, really messed up. To be with the stick, I don't know. I can't decide. It's hard. You you both had really good I don't death. I know, though, because he, I think Matthew's character was an adult, or maybe 16 or 17, so he was still a child. But I was 12. So yours, we could say, yeah, so we could say like yours was maybe more traumatizing, but watching his was like a little more, yeah, Yeah. it was was horrible. But because it was funny because before I talked to you, I'm like, I know I'm talking to both of them. And I was like, which one was like worse? And I really couldn't like pick one out. That was a worse death because they were both so awful. Um, But yeah, you were younger, which is horrible. And you're in the woods and alone and like, that's but my question is, for you and like my question is did they cut his head off and then put him up like when he was alive or did they kill him cut his head off put it on a stake because they just killed him and then cut his head off mine's worse but if they killed true. him by cutting his head off worse his is that's worse. true that's true i know yeah and, and we'll never we'll never know we'll never yeah. know they did first yeah, I think visually, because you were young and the way they shot it, visually it was it was so upsetting because you were I think you were one of the first to die on the show. It was like it was like super upsetting at, to see like a little girl. You weren't like the first first person to die on the show, but like you know what I mean? Like what out of yeah. the cast to see a little girl like die was awful. And it was yeah. like you were missing and everyone was looking for you. It was just horrible. But your brother, like again a head on a stick and it's like moving and looks like him and then also both of them to be related to melissa which is now that i'm talking to yeah. out loud it's kind of freaky for her both of those kind of circle to her but um i was like slightly scarred when they came up and they saw there were a ton of sticks and like his head was on one and so yeah they were both pretty scarring and it's kind of weird that melissa was surrounded by both of them i don't know if that was a weird or not but it's very poetic that they do might, it be that the, way. might be the Lutz family mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys can't get away from melissa some way <laughs> but so since the walking dead you have done so many things so i was like let me go over what i've seen her in 
you have done so i wrote down a couple of things because i was like i cannot forget to mention them <laughs> after and you played young anna mm-hmm. you so cute in that oh. day you were so good you were in nashville which was yeah. a, a huge huge hit for like years before it ended i mean it was such a good show so like that was amazing to see you there and again you should have been in more episodes i'm just saying <laughs> yeah i was only in the one I think. maybe two yeah but you should have been um, i was very upset about that because i loved your character in that show i love that it was one and then we get to one of my favorites that apparently your family and friends like to forget parental guidance <laughs> that was really so, cool i did play that a lot what was it like playing ashley and what are your like kind of thought because this is again you're still young but it's only like a couple of years later i think it was like 2012 2013 i don't know it, so we're talking literally in a span of like two years of you starting the walking dead to doing after nashville parental guidance so i mean you were just like banging along with all of these <laughs> so i don't know how much you remember from it but do you remember like auditioning for ashley and like what it was like playing her uh i'm pretty sure that i left set after doing the the barn scene situation for parental guidance wow so i had to like take a shower type of deal <laughs> i had to take a shower and i'm pretty sure hair and makeup on set did my hair for and not my makeup i was 12 but my hair for me because i had to get out of the, the zombie makeup take a shower and a half because i had crap and shit all over me just ran a blow dryer through it really fast and i went straight to um the callback from there um but also it's a similar situation as like i remember being on set but i was 12 still so it's sort of like it's been a long time but it was so fun because i hadn't ever done a show where there were so many kids my age but on parental guidance there was like at least three or four different kids my age all on set so we just essentially just caused mayhem the whole time um much fun to work with like she's a really really awesome girl um and she made me feel so welcome and she was so cool and um so i really enjoyed my time working with her and um we got to do Halloween together, I think. I think she came over to my neighborhood when we were filming because um, she didn't live in Georgia. She was based out of L.A., so um, she had nowhere to trick-or-treat, so she came to my neighborhood to trick-or-treat. It was really fun. That's so cute. I love that. Yeah. That's so she cute. Was, um, she was an owl, and I was a mouse. <laughs> so cute. Oh, my gosh. So I can't. Cute. You guys are so cute because yeah. you're all little. But I mean, so that's so crazy. And so you literally, you did that, which by the way, that movie is a fantastic movie. So if anyone has not seen that movie, go watch Parental Guidance. It's super fun. It's so cute. Um, It's like families and chaos and just, it, it's a really good movie. I don't want to give anything away, but go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's really good. Um, And where have you been? Because it came out forever ago, but go watch it. <laughs> um, I loved you in a bunch of other movies that you did in between, but of course- Let's get to the next biggest thing ever, Bosch, which I love that the poster is behind you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it so lame. But my, I have a roommate. Um, mm-hmm. is she played Enid on the sh- on Walking Dead. Oh, she played Enid on Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh my God, this is like so freaky, weird. So why? Because you guys live. Well, you're in LA now, right? 
or uh-huh. okay yes so you guys stayed friends and then decided to do it or well, we never worked together we just knew of each other because we were on the same show but we were on completely different seasons he was like so years later years later so yeah. she um we would go to conventions and just sort of see each other and okay. our dads actually became friends oh, and wow. they were the ones who were like you guys need to live with each other when you move out to la and so we did um because it's so expensive out here it's really hard to afford your own place mm-hmm. so um this is the movie that she was in it's called linoleum it is such an incredible incredible really cool. incredible oh, film it went to south by southwest last year um and it's just so 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 good and she is so good in it so this is the movie that she's in uh most recently and this is the show that i'm in most recently and then here and here um, there's two pictures in between, smaller pictures in between the two posters. I'm saying this for the people who are listening to the podcast and can't actually see it. Um, <laughs> is this is my favorite scene from Bosch, and then this is her favorite scene from Linoleum. You guys were meant to be roommates. <laughs> so, um, so then once as we do more things, we'll start replacing the posters and replacing these picture frames with different scenes from from like our favorite parts of what we you know get to be a part of well you guys are going to be in a million things that i don't think you'll be able to replace it you'll have to start yeah. adding we'll have to get a whole new wall with different yeah, really, you know what you need a whole new house, a whole new apartment <laughs> whatever you're gonna have to upgrade <laughs> yeah like you'll have to start adding to it but you'll have to just purchase an art gallery and just put posters yeah. things that we've done no, you know what's really crazy is if you guys did that because of just how much people love the two of you i would not be surprised <laughs> that people would not pay to go and see that no that would be nuts i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm sure people would show up <laughs> i love that idea i think that's so cute um that you guys like put up your favorite scenes and stuff like that it look it looks really cool it's a nice setup Oh, thank you. I'm like, ooh, so she has scripts. So I might have to steal a script from you from Bosch or something. <laughs> so you were on Bosch. That was like 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So you're a little, and again, you're still young, but like you were a little older and you were on that all the way to the original to 2021 mm-hmm. and then went straight into Legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you pick really good shows. <laughs> thank you. Because it was another huge show, but you were on that, you're on that from 2015 to current. Mm-hmm. So you're older now. So mm-hmm. what was that experience like? How did that change in terms of getting uh, Maddie? How did your process change your experience, what the industry was like? Because now that you're kind of grasping and fully understanding what you're doing, what was different? about this role in particular for you oh gosh i mean it changed everything i grew up on the show everything changed method to like my approach to acting completely changed i i became an adult on the show um where i lived changed i moved across the country um four seasons in you know like everything i i i've become you know an adult like just huge i went from 15 I started off not being able to drive or drink when I started the show or vote. And now I can drive, vote, drink. And I have my own, not my own apartment. I rent, but it is my own apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a dog. (laughs) 
so everything changed. It changed everything. It's been, you know, the greatest honor of my life. And I, I hope I get to do another 10 years. Because um, this year will be my 10th if, you know, the strikes can get themselves. I once know. The strike, if everything yeah. can kind of get organized, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Once, we get all, once we get everything sorted. Then yes. It will be once everything's here. sorted, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but what is what was it like in terms of like your point of view? Because for earlier stuff, it's hard to remember, right? You're a kid, you're having fun, there's freedom. And then unfortunately, when you get older, you sort of lose that, right? Because you start getting into your head, you're reading scripts, you have to start prepping. So how did you change as an actor the most you think from something like The Walking Dead to if I was to skip everything in between and you just compared the two, Walking Dead to Bosch, you have an age difference and all that stuff. But just in terms of your act as an after preparing what changed between the two the most well i mean it changed every season in bosch but you know season one i was just really nervous <laughs> i just remember being so nervous every single scene um because now i understand the caliber of actors that i'm working with and mm-hmm. that can do a lot <laughs> that, that can really change the way that you feel you know you realize you're working with this big timer and you're like oh my god like what am i doing what am i doing here um, my first scene ever was just over the phone. Um, so I was able to do it from Atlanta. So um, I just called in on my mom's phone in my mom's bedroom. And I remember just pacing back and forth. And I had to say like probably six or seven lines. Um, but I just remember being so nervous just to do a phone call. They didn't even have coverage on me. It was just my voice. um that's definitely what changed and you know nerves are definitely something that I've had to work through as an actor I think everybody has to and sort of figure out you know how to not let it affect you um so now I have a much better relationship with nervousness um you know I sort of tell myself like I okay I can feel this nervousness I'm allowed to feel nervous but I'm not gonna let it dictate how I do this scene and as uncomfortable as this feeling is if I didn't feel this nervous, I would be questioning how much I actually cared about what I was doing. So the nervousness is sort of just a sign that like, okay, I'm going, I'm doing the right thing. Like this freaks me out. And that's actually good because you should do things that scare you sometimes. Um, And I would start to wonder if acting didn't scare me anymore, like what would be the point of doing it? You know? Um, And, you know, I transitioned from a a child actor only being allowed to work nine and a half hours on set to an adult actor who can work 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 hours on set. Um, And that's a huge adjustment, huge, insane. Like the, you have to sort of really level up really fast because when you're under 18, you're playing a child, you're a kid. They give you, you know, you know, the, the content that a, a, that a child, you know, does every day. And then when you become an adult, you have to start dealing with adult content and, you know, you have to start doing adult acting, which is really, really hard. Um, So I was lucky to be able to get into a class when I turned 18. I mean, I had never really been in acting class because my mom coached me my whole life. Mm. So there was a time when I was about 16 or 17 when I sort of started to realize, like, okay, I've learned, I think, all that I can learn from her. Like, I need to start expanding my my horizons here like but I don't really know how to do that I've never really gone to acting class like that's not something that I'm used to doing um and I was lucky enough to find through Chandler Chandler Riggs um um an acting class that I'm still in today um 
um, and his name is William James. He doesn't have a website. He's very word of mouth, but it's the um, William Corson James Acting Institute. Um, and Caitlin's in it. My boyfriend's in it. Um, it's, you know, such an incredible uh, group of people to be a part of. It's just really, really, he's a really, really great coach and he has a really great group of actors and um, yeah, they're just awesome. And so I credit a lot of my, you know, development as an actress to William and, and Jen because, um, I, you know, I don't think I would be where I am today without them. You know, they, they challenge me so much as an artist um, in a way that I'm so honored to be a part of. So that's another thing that, you know, changed from, from Walking Dead to, to Bosch is like when I was a kid, I just sort of said the lines and I had my own little method that I did. And I'm so proud of the work that I did. And I, I definitely was very serious about my craft then. Um, but as you get older, you have to start really, really pushing yourself if you want to see any sort of um, development as an artist, which can be quite uncomfortable. Um, so that's the, that's another difference from the two shows. I, I, I'm literally talking about Bosch like it's the fucking worst thing that ever could happen. But it's so, like, it's so much, like, The Walking Dead was so fun, and Bosch is so much fun. I love being on that show. It is literally, like, incredible. But I did have to get more serious, and I did become an adult, which is a difficult thing to do. It's a very difficult thing, and you said something really important when you were talking about it, which was, and it's something that no one's brought up before, but I know mm -hmm. that, like, actors have dealt with that I mean everyone has that if you're a young actor and you're continuing to work and then you get a role like Bosch which is a very serious show where you're dealing mm -hmm. with serious kind of topics mm -hmm. the fact that you do have to change from I get to be a kid and have fun and do like kind of kid things and I'm saying little roles and again the walking dead might not be the most kid friendly I know I, I know that, that was awful content too as a 12 year old but I yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's the show but you're having fun like you don't really understand what's going on and you're having a good mm -hmm. time but to go from that to, and again, you did projects in between, but to then be a regular on Bosch where you're doing adult themes, mm -hmm. it'd be very difficult to like, and you kind of like, and you brought this up and a lot of young actors have kind of mentioned that transition is very hard because it's, really difficult. it's like, they're asking you to do like, do you feel comfortable doing this? Do you feel mm -hmm. comfortable? being in this scene are you cool with, you know nudity, whatever comes up like you have to start going okay and like are, are there drugs in the scene like you know fake drugs in the scene are you cool doing that and you go oh my gosh like a couple years ago I was just running around having fun and like now I'm going okay with this so although like yes the show's like super fun it has nothing to do with the show it's more of like the themes and how you process that change well it's that too that's a whole side of it part of it is just the you know the complexity of the scenes and the emotions and the adult content in the scenes themselves when right. you're a kid you do sad happy frustrated annoyed you do a lot of annoyed um especially as a teenager um and i'm not saying that that's not difficult to do it's it's difficult to encapsulate a pure emotion um as a kid it's a little easier because you're you don't really know what you don't know and you just sort of do it and kids are so beautiful in that sense they're just so capable of just being happy or sad without any sort of encumbrance it gets a little bit difficult as you get older and then you know once you turn 18 then you have to start mixing and doing more complex emotions with more complex lines and a more complex situation and that jump is 
unbelievably difficult. And then pair that with now you're not a child anymore. So you have to advocate for yourself and you have to start figuring out what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. And nobody is going to protect you. You have to, you have to stand up for yourself and do it for yourself. Um, and that can create some really uncomfortable days on set. Um, but it has to be done and you'll do that for the rest of your career. You know, you have to, and I, and Bosch is awesome. Bosch takes really great care of me and um, they never have ever made me feel uncomfortable on set. Um, but it has happened to where, you know, you sort of have to be like, eh, I'm not okay with that. Actually, I'm not doing that. I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, and that's like a whole new world. Cause when you're under 18, you have to have your, your, a, a guardian or a parent with you on set at all times. Right. And then um, for people that don't know too, when you're under age, you also have a teacher. So you have to you have do tutor, yeah. and you have like, it's like three hours or whatever you have to bank out. They call it banking. You have to bank hours. So you have school, but that teacher is also another advocate for you too. So if you're <laughs> yeah. also supposed to speak up for you, your parents, if they're there, like, you know, are, well, they're supposed to be there if their parents are not there, the teacher's the default. Mm-hmm. But everyone kind of has a voice for you because you're kind of voiceless, right? Like you're a little kid, you don't really know what's going on. So that transition of kind of taking power and it's not, and again, it's not us bashing about Bosch is a, a fantastic show. You are yeah. on the show. It's just more of like a human being thing. It's like that now all of a sudden, all of that's gone. It's like, you're not doing school. You don't have a teacher protecting you. Oh. you don't want your mom and dad to be like, my mom and dad's here. You know, like you, so now you have to start voicing and finding that and mm-hmm. Bosch is where you found that. And so, yeah, there's times where you're going to be like, um, I don't know if I really want to do that or can mm-hmm. we do this? And you're lucky that obviously you've had a great experience that they've been so open and willing to do things like that. But I think that's the best thing ever because if you go on to do other shows and other films and they're not as comfortable and nice with mm-hmm. sort of industry, it could be that way, you are so vocal and mm-hmm. you're open. And just by talking to you now, you know, you're very strong-willed and <laughs> that's a good thing. Because you need that in this industry. Because if you're not given that, and if Bosch didn't give you that space to feel, yes. you yes. have went down a, a bad path with future projects, you know? But having that safety allows mm-hmm. you to have a voice for the future. So, I mean, mm-hmm. again, like, I know it sounds like we're going, oh my gosh, it's so serious. And Bosch is so hard. It's none of that stuff. It's more mm-hmm. of like a personalized thing for you as an actor. And it's really great to hear how different and how much you like how how safe that you felt and how much you're able to kind of like voice your opinion and that they well, were- that's like a good way to put it too is like they really provided a safe space for me as an actress to not only advocate for myself but also to grow as an artist mm-hmm. you know they have given me such incredible incredible material to work with and they have trusted me with so much and there's not a day that goes by where i'm not so insanely grateful for what they have given me and and what they have allowed me to do as an artist and the space that they've provided for me to grow as an artist yeah so I but also with all that happening all that incredible stuff happening the show that I'm so lucky to be a part of I was also growing up which is so difficult like 15 to 24 is a is a is a time let me tell (laughs) you I think everybody would agree with that. It's a fun time, a great time, but also yeah. a time. A time, yeah. And not necessarily a time that I think everyone wants capsulated on camera for the world. Yeah, but- no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> 
Um, I wanted to know for you, because the show is so successful and everyone loves it so much and it came back with Bosch Legacy, which was super exciting. Um, how did Maddie, so like what, after you got her and you kind of created her in your brain and you're prepared and you're ready, how did she change from the day you started working, like your first day as Maddie, how has she changed in, as for, from your perspective to now to legacy? God. That question. <laughs> well, I feel like she started off as me, a version of me. Right. And as we grew grew up, I was able to be like to understand more of who I was as a person and who she was as a person and how some of that was the same and some of that was different. Uh and I learned more and more about myself and about her as each season went by to now 10 years later I feel like Maddie is a completely different person than I am and also at the same time we're the same weird I feel like I am her and I can so easily go into her and be start being her that sometimes I'll do an audition or I'll be in class and I'm like oh that was Maddie stop that or to her and her mannerisms and the way that she speaks her cadence her her mannerisms and temperament um she will always 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 be a part of me uh just because i've had the the unbelievable blessing of being able to to curate and create her for 10 years maddie the two maddies it would be very interesting i don't think i always think this in my head i'm like should i say this or should i not but i don't think she would like me (laughs) Like, I think she would like me. Like, it was like, maybe if she got to know me, she would like me. But, like, the, she would the... think cool enough, like, because she's so cool. No, 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 no. It would be, she would think that I would think that about her. Gotcha. That makes okay. sense. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, because she actually cool. Like, you I know the way that I dress is so different from how she dresses. And she would see what I do is so, like, you know, doesn't really matter inconsequential and I would see her and be like oh my god she's actually making like a difference in this world she's so cool yeah and we would sort of have the same like feeling about each other but like I don't think we could ever be friends because of how different our lives were yeah well I always feel like if if I was to meet like Maddie from Bosch I feel like Uh super cool and Uh like you're such a loser like to me like your job's so lame like I like who cares like I'm doing all this amazing stuff and then and with all the stuff that she's been through, I would be like, I don't know if we can connect on that. Like, I haven't had to go through half that shit. So, like... I know, she's had such a rough time. But I don't think that she's inherently judgmental of other people. I don't want to say that. I don't think that that's how no, she but is. But I just think it, it it's one of those things where when someone's, like, really cool and they dress cool and they talk cool and they do all these cool things, you can't help but be, like, insecure. Like, I, I would probably be insecure and be like, yeah, she's talking like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then, like, meet her probably I would win her over I feel like but (laughs) I would win her over but I would be like nervous because I do think that she's like very cool and has you know and again she's been through a lot of shit so I mean it's so it's a someone that would be a great friend like once you became friends because you could really go through and talk about things and she's been through so much that you could literally be like I had this happen she's like I got you girl I've been through this I can help you out so I feel like she's kind of been through the ringer you know on the show I think I think to amend I think at first we would be turned off by each other like like immediately wary just because of how different our lives are like the different paths that we chose to take Mm 
But if by some way we ended up having a conversation or were forced to be in the same room together, we would start to realize like, oh, you and I are the same in a lot of ways. Like I understand so much of who she is. Um, and I think she would see the same thing in me. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Absolutely. But at first I feel like she'd be like, who the hell is this bitch? <laughs> well, that's what I would say. Like, I would be very insecure because I feel like she's yeah. so but I do think I, I would wear her down. I, I would definitely wear her down. <laughs> her and be like, and she'd be like, oh my God. And once she's like, worn down, once she's worn down, I feel like she is like the best friend anybody could have. Like the most loyal, Sweet. most dedicated friend. Yes. And like I said, she's been through everything. So it's like, she's the one you would go to. Like you'd be like, yeah. I need help. I need, and she would have the answers for all of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So she would, she would definitely be your friend. Yes. You yeah. guys would be. We just have violently intimidated by her at first but that's fine I can get super clear that the two of us are both crazy that we would just like have to wear her down and then she would just be stuck with us so we would just wear her down and then she would be like all right it's It's totally fine we're gonna be friends you're fine you're fine well so what can you tell me speaking of Maddie and Bosch and how much the show is crazy but in such a great way and there's so much that has gone on I can't even go over the decade we would be here forever but we have more coming, right? Like, so we're in a, a precarious situation because obviously for people listening, I know this is not a huge shocker. If you've been listening to the podcast, there's a little thing called the writer strike going on. So we're in temporary pause as to new episodes of stuff being written and mm-hmm. a possible SAG strike, which I'm hoping doesn't happen. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I know they, they might push their, as of right now as today, uh, if you're, so if you're listening to this, this is coming out later. Um, so we'll know by then, by the time you're listening, but it's um, June 29th. So they might extend the contract to July 7th and hopefully they'll work everything out. And yeah, I heard, about it. Uh, I heard that they already, already extended it to the fourth. Oh, did you? Yeah. I heard, yeah. I heard aiming for the seventh, but I feel like that's a good sign. I hope that means like, they're getting somewhere and everyone's happy hopefully um but the downside um which listen everyone deserves what they deserve the writers deserve what they deserve the actors deserve so like i'm all pro union the kind of that is that we love all these shows we love all you guys and it hurts us because we don't get to see these you guys (laughs) for bosch we're on a we're in a uh, purgatory we're in like the middle of it's supposed it was supposed to come out or parts were supposed to and we're waiting and i don't know what what we're gonna see next so what can you kind of tell us or how much do you know about what we're gonna see in terms of maddie when we're kind of when everything's kind of back together when they're when every, you know we're all pulled back together and the unions are all back and everything's good so yeah with the strikes and everything it's it's a trying time for everybody i don't want to say that it's not it's really difficult for actors to not work for an extended period of time it's difficult probably even more so definitely even more so for writers to not work for an extended period of time um but it all is for the the greater good and you know the writers especially deserve you know better pay and better conditions and so you know, if we've got to sit around and wait for it, then, it, you know, it's worth it in the end. And 
the potential actor strike is really stressful and scary and you know you feel so inconvenienced by it but if you really look at the bigger picture it's it's so that when you come back you're you're in a better situation than you would have been without the strike um so all that is very stressful and inconvenient but it's necessary as as shitty as it is it's so necessary so a lot of stuff is up in the air right now um i've heard that season two is slated for a fall release um i don't know how that will be affected by the potential actor strike sag strike um i think we might still be able to to you know do something um release it i would assume still in the fall for season two don't quote me on that i don't know if that's true um and then could release it you i would assume hopefully we don't go that far because like oh my gosh if we went that far it would be terrible but hopefully, if we if we don't go that far, I would assume yes, it wouldn't affect. Hopefully, wouldn't affect you. Maybe they might push it back a couple of weeks, possibly. But I would think if we were still in an issue and they were still on strike, um, I would think it could get released. I would just imagine you guys can't talk about it, which would be it's it's heartbreaking, right? Like because it's like mm-hmm. you, know, you want to promote your work and just like the writers want to promote their work and stuff like that. But like you said, it is for the greater good. It's just unfortunate that. It has to get to that point. That I think that's what yeah. is hard for everybody because it's like, why do we have to get to this point where we have to strike? Why can't we just, if we want certain things, like, you know, and obviously everyone can't get everything they want and you have to be very delicate with the situation because people are very passionate about everything with the guilds. But it's sad that there can't be a compromise and that people have to strike to get some things that are like relatively reasonable. So, you yeah. know- so that's what's so nerve wracking. And I can understand that, like being super stressed out um, about all of that stuff. Yeah. But hopefully it wouldn't, it doesn't go much. I'm hoping it doesn't go much longer. I hope SAG doesn't have to strike at all um, and things kind of get worked out. But that's what I was hearing is like possibly actors wouldn't be able to like promote their stuff, which is. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, if we're on strike, press is part of the job. I mean, it's it's not a paid part of the job, but usually it's written somewhere, somehow, in some format in the contract you sign. Um, yeah, well, they have to be available for press in some capacity. Things that they like kind of like make you guys do. But yeah. if they're on strike, I'm, assu- I'm only going off WGA. So for writers, for the WGA, the writers were not allowed to do press and then they said they could do press but it was social media only so like there was no interviews or anything like that and that's kind of where the WGA has been I think do not quote me on it because I have not checked the most recent update so I could be I could be wrong at this point but there was a period of time because I did see a bunch of writers kind of quickly promoting their shows um so again hopefully we won't get there but so for now you're hearing fall so we'll keep our fingers crossed that fallish maybe yeah fallish and and honestly the way that negotiations are going i don't think it looks terrible necessarily like there's a chance that we might not strike so you know maybe maybe everything's gonna be okay yes well that's what i was saying though i think if they're extending the contract i feel yeah that feels good right right yes i would be i want let's go with positivity i feel like it's a positive sign why would you extend if you didn't think that they could work it out I so, agree. I think it's going to be great. Trust on it. But okay, so so Bosch is planning to return fallish. Fallish. Fallish, winterish, sometime. It's coming sometime. back. The, the point is it's coming back. Is there mm-hmm. anything to tease about it or not? You can't say anything. Nothing. Nada. 
Okay. I don't so, want to. I'm, I'm too scared. Where did we leave? Well, we'll do it this way. Where did we leave Maddie? So what, what was the last thing we saw with her in that finale from last week? I'm asking all the tough questions now. <laughs> We're getting to the tough yeah. But um, we, she was kind of. I'll let you tell it. So where did we where did we leave her at the? At, we the, left her in a very precarious situation at the end of season one. Yes. And very precarious. Yes. So she's in. She has decisions to mm-hmm. make. Mm-hmm. Um. So we can hypothetically. I'll say it for you. You don't have to say anything. So you just stay, stay absolutely still. So we can assume that in fallish winterish, we will see some sort of response as to the consequence of what she decides to do after that, uh, that finale. I would assume we're gonna. I mean, logically, that would make sense that we're gonna see what's gonna happen. After that, would be a a very logical assumption to make. <laughs> so we'll we'll just stick there so nobody gets in trouble. So logically we are gonna assume the storyline would continue. Yeah. And we'll find out the aftermath. Yeah, I think for sure I can say that the storyline will continue in that direction <laughs> and, and and you will be able to see what potentially may happen. See well, we both did this a long time. Boom. We've been <laughs> years. We know how to get past the question. I should be a politician with how how much I just danced around the answer to that question. No, but you know what's so funny is when I don't have screeners for Bosch. They haven't given us anything yet. But oh, they, yeah. but as journalists, they give us screeners. So I feel like you guys, like, because you get the script. I mean, you get it way before me, obviously. You get scripts. You're filming all the stuff. But they'll send it to us. And they're like, and it's embargoed for eight weeks. And I'm like... So like so I and I'll watch the entire season and like oh my it, gosh. it hasn't even aired yet. And then I'm like, I can't tell anyone anything. So I'm just like sitting waiting. And I can't wait for like when the show does air, like um any show. And like and this happens all the time. And then I run on social media because I want to see like what everyone's saying and mm-hmm. what I thought, like when I saw it, and like so um I always joke though that it's a very like sad, lonely experience <laughs> because you can't share it with anyone. And it's not, it's like, it's almost like I try to tell people it's almost like going to the movie theater by yourself and you can't tell anybody about the movie. That versus, sucks. Versus like if you're like an, because so many people go, oh, I want screeners and I want to see it early. And I'm like, no, you don't because it's like going to the movie theater alone versus going at a midnight showing. It's like that's the difference because when you, well, because when you problem with everybody and social media and all the stuff you uh-huh. get reactions and the fun and everyone's like amped up when mm-hmm. i'm by myself like i'm making my own assumptions my thoughts and i'm just like mm-hmm. you're like sitting by that myself sucks so bad but what sucks too is like i've done it i filmed it i've read the scripts but i don't get the screeners freaking either well yeah that's the other thing too i always I know what happens. Why do I have to wait for the release date? Like, that can't be fair. Well, you know what's so funny? You're not the only one. In a recent interview I did, I was like, yeah, so I watched the whole season. And the second I said it, they went, wait, you watched the whole season? And I was like, yeah. And then for a second, I was like having a heart attack because I was like, was I not supposed to say that? Like, so then I had like a semi heart attack and she went, we haven't gotten anything. And I was like, you haven't seen anything? No, I never seen anything so then i started asking people this and this is extremely common to where a point where i think it's like right before you guys will do a junket they'll give you like one episode like they'll they'll give you like a link or something and you could watch one sometimes but for the most part people haven't seen 
Yeah, so I was going to say, for the most part, people haven't seen anything. So when I start talking about it, I've had actors literally, I'll, and I can say this on air because we're besties and it's, it's okay. It's okay for me to say it. I don't think I'll get in trouble. I've, I'm not naming anybody, but I've had actors where I stopped recording and they were like, is this scene in it? Did this make it? Like, what do no. you- th- Oh, I would ask you the same yeah, thing. If you no see season two, I'd be like, I need you to explain to me exactly how this scene went down right now. And yeah. I won't let you get off this call until you see. And uh, like, we read the script, so we don't need the screeners, but it's like, it would be nice to have the screeners. I know. We want to see what you've done. It blows my mind that you guys don't have them. Because I've yeah. even had screeners, like, even back in the day, like, a, a really great example is Homeland. Homeland used to send them. And- I loved, I used to laugh so hard because when Homeland sent them, because right now we get screeners and they'll have like little things on them where it will say like, it's not the final edit, music might change. Like, you know, there's like little things letting us know, don't review it. You know, we can't tell anybody about it anyway. So I don't even know why they tell us that, but they just let us know, like, it's not the final cut. It's not, you know, things might change. Um, But back in the day, and like, this still happens every now and then with like movies they'll send us screeners and I used to laugh with Homeland in particular and no offense to I love Homeland I love the show it had nothing to do with the show it was just they would send them to us so early so it would be like oh my god I can't believe that happened and in one of the seasons there was like a bomb that went off and like a building was gone so they're like I can't believe it this is horrible and then they like moved the window over and all you saw was green and then it would be like bomb explosion like written no like- oh my god I have such a funny story oh my god so Matthew my brother was in Miss Marvel the Marvel show yes and he got the first two episodes early oh and there's a ton of CGI in that so mm-hmm. we watched it and it was like everything was done except for the CGI so every now and then you would just see like a white screen and like a little mini like character of Miss Marvel like jumping around and it was so funny we were crying laughing you can't help but laugh it's like the weirdest thing and like so funny and like they just put a board and it it was so odd it was like bomb bomb went off here and i was like okay and then like and then you're like watching it and then it's like um residue from bomb vfx and like it will be like words on the bottom and i'm like okay cool so like i'm trying to imagine and the only thing that I can say though, like Homeland was one of the best because they would send them so early and there was so much CGI that we'd have so many green screens. And so that's why that one was one of the first that came to my mind, but it's happened so often. However, it has given me such a respect for actors because when I see it, I'm going, I'm looking at a green screen, like this is ridiculous. But the way they're responding to it, when you see it in that way, I wish they would release it more like as like extras on like DVDs or extras yeah. on streaming or whatever, because when you see an actor open a window and it's freaking green and they're like, this is horrible. And they're like, really, I mean, like they're all in, you're like, holy shit, they can act like yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there, you know? Yeah. So people don't even realize like all these Marvel movies, Miss Marvel is a huge one. Especially Marvel. There's nothing there. Yeah. You're acting to nothing. And people just don't realize like how much of nothing you're acting to. So I wish more people could get the chance to see that where it says like, where it's either like a green screen or it says like, you know, bomb. bomb. <laughs> oh, you know, like, and then they're just like acting, but it's like really impressive. And it just shows you how much of a craft it really is that you, what you guys do, but it's, it's crazy to see stuff like that. So <laughs> I, not, I was not aware that actors were not getting them, but this has come to my attention for the past like year and a half. And so some of them seem to get them like right beforehand, but for the most part, I'll do these interviews and people, like if we were talking about Bosch right now, you would tell me the same thing that everyone else is telling me, which is like, I have no idea. I haven't seen it. And I'm like, 
I saw the whole season. Like, what do you mean? And then like, and then once I hit the stop recording button, I'm like, all right, so what do you want to know? You know, and then we go over it. But it's yeah. so- sometimes I see it in ADR. Like if I have to dub over lines. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll see, they'll show me the one scene and I'm like, well, I need to see the scene for this to really inform how I'm going to do this line. And I got to see the one after too. So, so I get to see like a little bit. I try to see as much as I can because I'm just nosy and I just want to see it and I'm excited to see it. That's how I would be. Like if I came over your house, a script, like I said, I wasn't kidding. A script or two might go missing. Cause I like even old scripts. Cause like, I love all that stuff. Cause I'm so like, yeah. like an actor and like how they do things. Mm-hmm. And I love reading scripts. And then I love watching the episode and seeing things change or like, mm-hmm. I just love all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'd probably steal from your house. I'm just telling you now. But, I actually don't have many scripts cause they just send it all via email, email. now. I, I printed it out myself because I know uh, and- it's so sad like um I was working I was doing PR for a show and everything came via email so we used to print them out and it has the name across it the watermark thing um but we still printed them because I like I just like holding it and like I was helping one of the actors mm-hmm. like, lines and so I was reading like the opposite lines or whatever and we would highlight kind of like their lines but um I miss I miss the old days, like you're too young, but I miss the old days when they used to mail that like you used to have to sign for it and like and they would mail it to your house and then open it like oh. sign for it and open it up and it would come. And it was like really fancy and it had that hard cover on it and like be all cool. Oh. Like now it's like you just print it like from your house and you know, and then you're not supposed to like give it to anyone and let anybody see it. And it has like your when I was I was younger, like like when I first started the show, so ten years ago, they would give me hard copies. Like I would come in and there would be an envelope in my trailer with the new episode because i also didn't really have an email at that point i feel like those were so much better i understand the feel so much better like i understand the reasoning that they don't want things to leak but at the same time if it's digital and you email it to someone they're going to print it anyway because like it's really hard to kind of like do it off the computer so i don't really feel like a leak is preventable one way or the other like if someone's going to be an asshole like and leak it they're going to be an asshole and leak it like I don't know. I just, I liked the paper better. I liked it. It, it was nice. I, know, I like the feel of it too. They sent me the first episode of Bosch Legacy because it was during COVID. So they sent it to me because, you know, um, well, there was going to be a table read. So they had to give me a hard copy of the, the script for the table read. Hmm. And I still have that script. I remember giving that and being like, <gasps> like so excited so i still have that script in in my little box of memories yeah i care i mean i miss those days well i'll have to like try to like arm wrestle you or force you for like a, a digital one or something. maybe we could do like a giveaway or something <laughs> yeah like an old one or whatever but mm-hmm. you are so good on that show and i, I cannot know. wait for it to come back mm-hmm happy with legacy first of all i just have to state for the record because when bosh was ending i was like oh my god i'm like panicking and then when it was yeah. like legacy is coming and all of you guys were coming back like it was so exciting so i mean the, the first season i mean it just topped anything that you could possibly want and it's just so, so strong and you're doing such a good job on it Thank so you. congratulations on it and i'm so happy for you like it's still going and it's still just as good just as tight the storylines are like mm-hmm crazy and so much goes on in like a season but you guys are just like nailing it over there so like i just can't wait second no. season come out. i can't wait either i know so fall to drift i know and like other than that i looked up like you've done a couple like other things you did like a video 
um it was like i i wasn't sure i was trying to find it online i couldn't it's listed as golden corral oh my god yeah do you know what golden corral is well no so it was golden corral steak and butterfly shrimp talking and i don't know what golden corral is well i know golden corral but i couldn't find i couldn't find your f like your thing it was a commercial i did like uh i thought you didn't know what golden crowd was and i was like oh my god no i binge golden crowd i couldn't find yours though like i was like looking it up and trying to find it i can't find it there i did a ton of commercials i did a royal caribbean commercial i did a golden corral commercial like there's so many ones i have forgotten golden crowd was recent wasn't it no did it is it on my imdb yeah, I think on IMDb it was like it was when I like, looked it up. It was like it came out this year. It was like it had something like something like that. What? Unless they read into that because if they use like my voice or my likeness, they own me more. I don't know. Weird stuff have been showing up on my IMDb lately. I don't really know why. Exactly. I like, don't really know how to fix that. It's always updated weird, and then you can't remove. Again, yeah, I filed a claim because they they posted somebody posted something on my IMDb like I had done some sort of like role in a movie and i hadn't done that so i was like this is not accurate yeah like so for anyone listening obviously everyone uses imdb when you look up like an actor or whatever the problem is that when they're in a movie or tv show production whatever the production usually is the one that pulls you in and will put the credit so like if you were so for example if madison was in titanic the production of titanic would pull her in so on imdb Mm -hmm. it would and titanic and they would credit her and it's usually production sometimes it's a studio but it's not her like madison doesn't go in usually put it in it like they will pull it in so because of that there's so many mistakes all the time and then there's also people that will type like the wrong name and just accidentally they don't mean to attach to you and like you can't just like delete it so you have to Mm -hmm. like a little thing with them and it goes in red and like you have to like try yeah, to do- I, I filed it like twice and they, nobody's done anything about it so so i guess remind sure I- but yeah it had your video and it said like i think it's said 2023 when i looked it up and i was like did she do like a real oh, video yeah i did do a golden corral um, i tried to find it and i was like i couldn't find it so i was like this has to be wrong it has to be old Dude, but I look at that it's an amazing place if uh, there's not anyone near me but it's really good when you're on a road trip golden we crowd. used to go to golden corral every sunday after church really there's nothing like post-church golden corral yeah, there's nothing by me like but i would hit it up on like road trips like that would be super fun like you would see yeah. like golden right? Corral's great yeah it was awesome but yeah, so I saw like other than that, the only other thing I saw, which could not be true, maybe not. I, I wrote question marks next to both, so I wasn't sure. Was look both ways that you were on that, and it had that as twenty twenty two, and I was like, I don't know if she did that that recently. Cause I, I feel like think I was in that either. No, I wasn't in that. Yeah, but I two weird things on my on me now, and I'm like, oh my god, it's yeah. I'm glad because I put two question marks next to both of those because I was like, no, I think Bosch is like her most recent thing. So. Yeah two question marks which is why i didn't mention them um but yeah so just so you know so yeah you could go in there and uh try to delete them or do whatever with them but you, to circle back you were so good like i said on that show and i'm so happy and i can't wait for it to come out so while all of this kind of stuff is going on to kind of wrap up because we will talk forever i think we i know gosh. like eight hours i <laughs> before we started we were going to be bffs um because i could just tell like we have very similar like mentalities we've both been doing this yeah. for a time yeah so um definitely relatable um so what are you up to so what are you doing because while we have this writer strike going on while Bosch is kind of like in like I said 
purgatory for right now. Um, what are you kind of up to in the meanwhile while you're kind of waiting? Well, I mean, nothing is really going on. We're kind of going crazy because nothing's been going on for so long. So we've just been, you know, I've been hanging out with friends, hanging out with my dog, you know, working out. I, I, I pole dance, so I'll, I'll go pole dancing. Um, and then tomorrow, my boyfriend and I are going on a road trip and we're going to drive to Montana, Whitefish, Montana. So we're going to drive. It's going to take us three days to get there and then we're going to stay for a week and then we're going to drive three days back. So that is going to be really fun because we're st- uh, stopping in um, Idaho and we're stopping in Utah and we're stopping in Wyoming. And then on the way back, we're going to stop um, in Wyoming again and then in um, Colorado to visit friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, I don't know exactly what our third stop will be on the way back we haven't really gone that far but we love road trips and he has a little dog and I have a little dog um, and so it's just really fun to travel with them because we get to stop every couple of hours and they get to just run all around and they mm-hmm. love it and then we're going to go to Montana so it's like dog heaven so um, it's going to be really really fun and we're really excited so that's essentially all that's going on my friends and I I mean besides class my friends and I do like a a scene study thing where sometimes we'll put up like self tapes um like auditions and stuff and sort of bounce ideas around which is fun um we're essentially just trying to stay sane is what's happening right now yeah which i i completely understand but the the road trip sounds amazing montana is beautiful i'm so excited beautiful you're gonna love it it's gorgeous um how much do you like your boyfriend because that's a long time to be in a car together i know i know we actually we did a cross-country road trip during covid we drove from florida oh, so to california because we didn't want to fly so we yeah. drove and um it was really fun we stopped in um, new orleans and then i got three auditions on the drive from new orleans we were going to go to dallas so we drove for three hours and then we stopped in baton rouge and did three auditions okay in a hotel room which is like that's how to test any relationship do three self-tapes in a hotel room like that's how you test a relationship (laughs) so then we drove from there to dallas and was he reading off camera so you well we read off camera for each other all the time but like doing three in a row is like a a a special kind of test because that's it's hard enough to do one but three it was insane so then we drove from baton rouge to dallas and visited friends and then Dallas to Colorado and we stayed in Colorado for like three days because we loved Colorado and then Colorado we went from Colorado to um what is that where's the Grand Canyon what is the town called where the Grand Canyon is oh my gosh you're killing me I that watch that watch that yes I was gonna say it's in Nevada I'm sorry <laughs> you know where I stayed in the um did you guys stay there overnight Oh no, we went to Moab, Utah, and then we went to Flagstaff, and we did stay there overnight. And they have really did you great see restaurants. The cabins that were there, like the little no. where it looks like cabins. They're like hotel. They have like a motel-y hotel that looks like little cabins that are like off the. And I did the Appalachian Trail. That's what I did. I did the Blue Trail. Oh, that's so so I did awesome. that, and then I stayed in the cabin. And when I woke up, they have like a building for like food that's like in the middle of nowhere. And when you have to mm-hmm. walk, when I woke up, there were all these deer that were like just there and I was like oh my god and I took it was beautiful and then at dinner it was it was gorgeous but I will say this I'm horrible it's a hole don't and nobody at me nobody at me on social but it's like a hole in the ground so like after a while I was bored (laughs) I know oh my god 
at me online and be like, it's but I was there for like, you can't go for like a bunch of days. I mean, so we were there for a day and a half. No. I think a day and a half. No, was- we went for the morning. See, we went, saw the hole, got on the road. Well, that's my point. Like, I think like some people stay for like a week and I'm like, but it's a hole. Like, I mean, it's gorgeous. <laughs> oh my God. But there's but like- all sorts of things to do in the hole. You can hike in the hole. You can canoe in the hole. Yeah. yeah you can I- mountain bike in the hole. Yeah, I'm good with all that. I walked around it. <laughs> the trail. Right, I'm not going like, down there. I've seen oh, one too many episodes oh, of I Shouldn't Be Alive. Yeah, yeah. To, no. you're, um, you won't ever catch me in that hole. No, no. That was a hell no. They were like, it's like 400. I, it was ridiculously priced. And they were like, we can take donkeys down. And I was like, I'm good. No. Well, um, why would I pay $400 to go to a hole? I'm not doing that. So I did the trail. But you know what, though? I highly recommend the Appalachian Trail because. Oh, as you're doing it, it's it's if I'm not mistaken, it's the same. It's the blue one. Um, mm-hmm. all these like pull-offs, and there's buildings, and everyone you go into is different, and it's so much history and like oh and like all original stuff. And like I just felt so like connected and was like supporting local artisan, and like it was just amazing. So that wow. was trip like just doing that whole thing and it wasn't that long like walking it like I'm not a huge like let's go walk around like I'm not one of those people it was probably like two hours or so like maybe a little longer but the stops like like not adding in the stops it was about two hours just if you were to just walk it and come back but the stops were amazing and to just see all of the stuff that was being made there like was so cool so that's what I mean like it's a whole it's nice it's pretty but the Mm -hmm. Is, it's nice it's really fun but a day and a half was enough like and it was cold it was co- very cold so i brought oh, yeah, a yeah it was chilly i remember i brought a coat like um for that which was weird because it was like summer and as we got closer there was like winter like there was a like, winter there was snow on the mountains and i was going is it cold there oh. and so yeah we had a, we had coats on and stuff but oh my but it was fun it was gorgeous so nobody had me i love it it was beautiful i'm just saying i would go for like a day a day and a half that's a good amount of time to go there. <laughs> so, you know, I just pissed off somebody that loves it there. I know, someone's, like, someone's going to be like, the Grand Canyon is one of the best things in the, in the U.S. That it's was not a hole. Yeah, I'm never going to listen to you again because you totally hate it on one of the nicest places. But um, <laughs> it's pretty. But yeah, I love the trail. But that's good. So you guys, to get me out of trouble here. So you guys survived COVID. So you'll you'll be fine. And you survived and- COVID and we survived an eight-day road trip a day road trip covid eight days. another road trip and then and he's an actor yes, i don't know if he's like a famous actor and like i'm asking questions but so so oh, he's yeah. an actor. and so he's also does he also do like self-tapes and all like the whole spiel too oh yeah oh yeah he, he does honestly sometimes more than i do because he does a lot of commercial auditions mm. um so he has a taping room in his apartment and and when it's not a writer's strike, we spend a lot of time in there. <laughs> like TV over and over again. Has yeah, he yeah, yeah. Like TV shows or anything? Yeah, he just finished um, a Lifetime movie, which is really cool. Um, it's called Are My Friends Killers. So um, that came out, I guess, maybe in November of last year, I think. What was it called? Um, Are My Friends Killers. It's a Lifetime movie. I saw it. You I co- saw it? Yes, I covered a lot of Lifetime stuff. I saw it. Who'd he play? So, you know, he's really tall and blonde. He played the leader of, like, the cult society thing in the college. That's my boyfriend! Oh, my God. He's 
that. Wait, what'd you say? He's like creepy in that. <laughs> no, he's so I creepy. Does he actually have blonde hair like that, or did they dye it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. he has blonde hair. Wow, he's blonde like hair. blonde hair. Yeah, he's he's. That movie like scarred me a little bit. Yes, he's a very good looking man. But you're gorgeous, so I mean that makes sense. But oh, thank you. Yes, he scared me in that film. So you can tell him. Yeah. I, of course, I saw it. Oh, and I can't I, wait to tell him. That's so exciting. I was scarred. I was scarred from that movie. Because, like, I cover a lot of Lifetime. I actually just covered something recently with Lifetime. Lifetime's really upped its game. Like, um, the talent, the quality that they've been putting behind a lot of their films. And they've gotten some big, huge names on there, big actors. So, like, I've been covering a lot of Lifetime stuff. And, um, yeah, they sent that to me. And then I watched it. And I was like, I remember watching it and going, like, this guy's, like, super creepy. And this horrible, like, situation that's happening to these people. And, I like, it was just horrible. Like, it was it's, like, it's a great movie like i yeah. had to watch it because it's really interesting and so crazy but yes your boyfriend scared the shit out of me like he's it, it was scary so he did a fantastic job in that movie so you got to tell him that yes i watched it loved it he was fantastic in it oh my god oh that's so exciting i'm so, so excited to tell him that. that's so crazy has he done anything else or he's just auditioning and yeah he's just auditioning he does a lot of um you know commercial work um and he did a short a couple of months ago that um turned out really nicely well i haven't seen it but i heard about it and it sounds really really good and i can't wait to see you know if it shows up anywhere um but yeah just the audition grind like most most actors like i do when i'm not working on bosch the yeah. audition grind. wow that's so crazy that's so funny because i was like i don't like ever look into like relationship i'm not that kind of journalist i don't care yeah so, you're like i was like i don't know he could be the most famous person like i have no clue so i was like yeah so- <laughs> be done but it's just so funny that i happened to see that so yes tell him that he scared the shit out of me he did an amazing job in that film oh that's awesome oh my gosh um and i hope he does another lifetime thing because i feel like a lot of times family he should do another one he was so good in that movie we would love to yeah he should i I think so too i'll have to to manifest that out we'll put that into the universe putting that into the universe right now lifetime panel like two days ago so we'll have to put that out cool yes like do something else with it but yeah he was great to tell him but um to come back to you i'm not surprised that you're with a fantastic guy you are beautiful and an amazing person thank you and i just think you're one of the best actresses i love all the stuff done (laughs) and i feel super old when i talk to you but it's okay (laughs) So I'm like, oh my god, I remember like getting the screener of her. Like, I'm fucking old. But uh, you on Bosch, I mean, it's unbelievable how much you have just like grown as an actor and the stuff. You. I just can't wait for it to come back. And I appreciate you coming on. And I'll be talking. Thank to you so much. And he's <laughs> up to you now. He's gonna have pressure when I when I see him because I'm gonna be like, Madison kind of killed it. So you gotta live up to that podcast. I just, know. We'll see how he does. Yeah, he's gonna have to live well, up. A, yeah, Matthew's great. He's so awesome. So he's so fun to talk to. Oh, it's tiny. He started barking right at the end. <laughs> right at the end, a little puppy. Um. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I think you're amazing. Thank you. And like I said, we're besties now. I'm, I'm <laughs> family, but yes. I'm so happy for you. And hopefully, everything will just come together like it should, and we will be seeing you. Fallish winterish. <laughs> Fallish winterish. Yes, that's the plan. Come back. Well, thank uh-huh. you for coming on. And when it comes back on, we'll have to talk again. Yes, yes, absolutely. I would love that.
Okay. Well, have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much for joining me. I just Thank adore you. Hope you enjoyed listening to Madison Lynn's talk about what it was like growing up as an actor, being on The Walking Dead, working with some of those amazing legends, and of course, being on Bosch and coming back for Bosch Legacy. If you're interested in catching the show, Bosch is available on Prime Video, and Bosch Legacy is currently available on Amazon Freebie, so make sure you head over there to check it out. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts, and head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe, so you're updated on all of our video content, including video versions of these interviews. Oh, 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 oh,